Thank you very much. Good morning once again. Um, I just want to say what a privilege it is to be here this morning to share God's word with you. I want to thank the leadership of the church for trusting me with the pulpit this morning. Uh, glory be to God. Um, I must warn you, I am from a Pentecostal background, so I see a lot of amens and hallelujahs. If you hear anything like that, please don't be alarmed. Just say hallelujah with me and say amen with me. Amen. Uh, this morning, um, before we go on, I would like us to have a prayer. Uh, please pray for me as I pray for you. as well. Father, we want to bless your name this morning for this opportunity. I ask that as your people listen to me, the Father, they not just reformed, but transformed within. I pray for myself that, Lord, any form of self-consciousness, any pride within me, Father, laid on the side, that I stay faithful to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I have titled my message this morning, Glorifying God with Our Weaknesses. And um, I will be drawing from Moses' story that Barry just uh, read for us. Um, basically, his reservations about what God was asking him to do, all the excuses that he gave to God, um, and how he finally learned to trust God, and how all that, more importantly, applies to our life. Uh, let's ask our, um, ourselves these questions. Do you feel a sense of inadequacy anytime God lays something upon your heart that he wants you to do? Do you feel like telling God to use someone else as Moses just did. Because what God is laying upon your heart, or what God wants you to do, is so uncomfortable. Do you feel out of your comfort zone when you try to do what God has placed upon your heart? Let's think about it. But I want you to know that you are not alone. You are in good company if you have these excuses. Throughout Scripture, God has been using unqualified people to achieve his purpose on this earth. So let's go back to Moses. Let's focus on Moses. A brief history. So Moses was a, a Jewish boy born at a very dangerous time in Egypt where Pharaoh decided to kill um, all the newly born males of the Jewish people. But against all odds, Moses was raised by Egyptian royalty. He grows up and commits capital murder. And because the punishment for that murder is death, he goes into exile into a foreign land. And in that foreign land, he becomes a shepherd. And through that, God calls him. He encounters God and God calls him. Why God chooses such a man, a murderer, to do his job or to send him on a, on, on, on a journey? deliver his people, the Bible does not tell us. Out of all the possible choices that God had, God decided to use Moses to deliver his people from the bond of slavery in Egypt. And this leads to Moses arguing his case for why he's unsuitable for that job. And I think all of us here have seen that in our lives before. But um, I want us to examine uh, Moses' conversation with God 
and see if the excuses that he gave God is familiar to us. So let us go through. So God, God asks Moses to go and um, deliver his people from the hand of Pharaoh. And uh, first, first excuse that Moses gives, uh, notice what he says in verse 11 of chapter 3. Moses says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? In other words, he's saying, I am a nobody. I have no track record of doing what you've, you're asking me to do. But God replies, It is not about you. It is about me. I am the one who would do what I'm asking you to do. So Moses finds another excuse, switches his excuse from himself to God now. He says, Lord, who are you? Who should I tell your people you are? In other words, I do not know you. How can I trust you? So God replies, I am who I am. In other words, he's assuring Moses that everything that Moses needs, everything you and I need to accomplish his purpose and his will on this earth is found in him alone. It is not found in us. Now Moses goes on and uh, gives a third excuse. Notice what he says in verse 1 of chapter 4. What if I am not believed or listened to? Moses feared that his credibility in the past is a hindrance to what God is asking him to do. Does that sound familiar to any of us? Sounds very familiar to me. I always ask God, what if I am not believed when he places a burden upon my heart to share even the gospel with someone? But God assures him with the signs that we saw in the video, so I won't go too far in that. Um, Moses goes on, the fourth excuse. Lord, I have never been eloquent. In other words, I do not have any talent. Others can do this job so much better than I. There are more qualified people who can do this job. But let's listen to how God answers him in uh, verse 11 and 12 of chapter 4. The Lord sought said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf and mute? Who gives him sight and makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak. Amazing. These beautiful words that God is saying is an assurance to all of us. That even the very, the very words in our mouth, the very uh, words in our heart, are by the sovereign will of God. And that gives me so much assurance. Amen. So you might be listening to me and wondering what Moses' story has got to do with you. I'm wondering the same thing as well. But as I went through this, God laid this upon my heart that I want to share with you. Just like Moses, we, we, we do everything in our power and find excuses as to why we do not want to follow God's step or what God is asking us to do. And these excuses are not 
plugged out of thin air. These are accurate assessments of our own weaknesses and strengths. So it's not like we, we, we just giving excuses, but these are assessments of our own strengths and weaknesses. Like, for example, perhaps you, you think you're not the right person to speak to the new person that you've seen in church today because in the past people have told you you are not a people's person. Perhaps you're not good with words. And so every opportunity that you get to speak about Christ, you shun away. Perhaps because of your own physical limitations like sicknesses and ailments, you have become just a Sunday Christian. God is asking more of us. Not just on Sundays when we put on our best clothing and come to church. But throughout the week, throughout our life, being a Christian is a full-time job. And that is what God is asking us this morning. There's an encouragement to you as well. If you feel weak and you're thinking about quitting your job or quitting your marriage or quitting anything in your life, God is asking you to bring these weaknesses before him. So let me encourage you that these so-called weaknesses that you find in you now are the exact qualifications God is requiring to use you. Just like Moses, he came up with all sorts of excuses. Lord, I cannot speak properly. Who am I to go and speak to Pharaoh? All sort of excuses. But in the same way, all of us in our own weaknesses, that's what God wants to use to glorify himself. And I want to encourage you with this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 to 29. This is absolutely beautiful. Please follow me. It says, But God chose the foolish things of this world, Shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Hallelujah. This is almost uh, countercultural because in our world, in our secular jobs, we always hire the best in class. We always hire the most qualified people. Look at what the Bible is telling us this morning. From the text, it seems God is telling us that I do not need wise people. I do not need strong people. I do not need people with special ability to accomplish my purpose. I only need willing people. Amen. Moses had all these uh, sort of limitations. He was a hesitant man. He was fearful. He had a speech impediment. Yet God accomplished amazing things with Moses. God wants to show us this morning that the power to do his will does not reside in us, but it resides in him. 
And then when he says that, his name is I am that I am. It means he's the omnipotent God. He's the eternal one. He's the real one. He's the truth. The constant one. That transcends all earthly elements. And so we can put our trust in him. Let me encourage you this morning. For those traits of weaknesses that we are embarrassed about, those traces of weaknesses that we do not share with each other are the exact things God is looking for in order to use you. God does not use people of strength. He uses people of humble sake. Paul tells us that God glories in our weaknesses. Because in our weaknesses, his strength is revealed and demonstrated. This is, this is beautiful. How is God's, how is God's um, strength demonstrated in our, in our weaknesses? How does that happen? By using the weak and unqualified people such as you and I, both us and the world, we know that whatever we achieve, it's not by our strength, but by God's strength and his enabling. And through that, all creation will give him the glory that is due unto him. If you're listening to me this morning and still wondering whether you should take a step of faith or something that God has laid upon your heart, I want you to take time and think about this. God is able to use Abraham an elderly and infertile man to raise a nation. God was able to use David, a lowly shepherd boy who later became a fugitive and used him, became a king and led his nation. The Apostle Peter was a fisherman with no theological background, but God used him to bring about 3,000 people to Christ in a day. Apostle Paul, the most zealous persecutor of Christians, but he's the same person God inspired to write about two thirds of the New Testament that we are reading now. Incredible. There is nothing God cannot use you. That is my encouragement to you. If only we will present our weaknesses as gifts before God instead of using them as a list of excuses. Let's present them before God. We are all unique. You are unique. I am unique. God has placed special gifts in each and every one of us. And these gifts are not supposed to be laid dormant. They are to be used and employed for the education of his church. God is expecting his church to grow. God is expecting his church to reach the community out there. God is expecting his church to reach those dying out there, people going through all sorts of problems. We are the hands and feet of God. And he's asking us this morning that whatever gift that you have in you, he wants to use you.
as the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts this morning. I encourage you to prayerfully consider what you can do for the, uh, the church, what you can do for the body of Christ, specifically Amesbury Baptist Church. Have God, has God laid a burden of prayer upon your heart? Well, there's prayers here every morning, every Sunday morning, sorry, from 10 a.m. Are you gifted with a gift of hospitality? Well, the team is asking for more people. You can lend your gift to them. Have you been gifted with a, a warm personality? We need greeters and ushers. You just smile at people as they come in and embrace them. Most of all, the worship team have to do an advert for the worship team. The more people we get, the better it will be. And so if God has laid a gift in you that has anything to do with music, singing, playing an instrument, whatever it is, God is ready to use you. And I want to encourage you about that. So as I've listed all these people that God used in the Bible, I want you to think about it for yourself. From today onwards, I want you to preach this to yourself every morning until your heart sings it in your soul. That you are called. There's a gift in you God wants to use. There's a gift in you God wants to use to edify his church into growth and maturity. God is pricking your heart this morning and convicting you. You are not a Sunday Christian. You are more than that. And God will be pleased if you heed his call this morning. I've talked so much, but I want to talk to a specific group of people here as well. If you do not know Christ and you're wondering what is this about, you are equally invited to take part in what I'm talking about now. So it doesn't matter whether you feel weak. It doesn't matter how low you think you are. It doesn't matter what sins you've even committed in the past. Look at the theme that we're talking about. Most of the people God used were murderers. From Moses to David to Paul. God has a thing for murderers, doesn't he? But it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Christ is inviting you to bring your weaknesses and all the other baggage that you've got before him so that you place your faith and your trust in him this morning. He paid the price for your forgiveness and is ready to usher you into the most amazing relationship where even your weaknesses that you're thinking about as hindrances become beautiful to him. That is what God is calling you to do this morning. So my message is very short. Okay. I'm still in time. It is my prayer that this short encouragement 
comes to lift you up from whatever dormant state that you find yourself in. God is calling each and every one of us to build this church and to affect the community all around. From Amesbury to the whole of Wiltshire to the whole of UK to the whole world. Our message of the gospel, of the good news of Christ, to go out there and change life. Amen.